0: Hello and welcome to our eighth podcast. Uh, today we're doing something slightly different. Won't be football news, won't be anything like that. We're going to have a discussion debate about out of our two great nations, <laughs> whose football scene is bigger, Scotland or the Netherlands? Who's who's a bigger nation in terms of football? I don't just mean national team because that's a whitewash. <laughs> I mean. Clubs, I mean fans, I mean history, I mean everything about it. We're gonna get into it, we're gonna argue about it. Not really argue, we're gonna debate because you don't argue. And no, we're good friends, no, arguing. we're good friends, so no, no, argue, we'll debate. <laughs> but, um, we're almost
1: going to win, so we think it's nice Let's go, yeah. So, um, first of all, thank you for introducing the podcast, number eight yeah. to be exact. Number eight this time, if yeah, you yeah, keep so that at the top of your mind. Last time. Um, when I introduced episode six, I was kind of off by one episode, but you know, yeah, that's all right. Like mistakes am, were made, yeah. but we move on. We move Dutch on. bottling it, am I right? Probably, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> when you're there, you see the silverware in front of you, you mess up. Yeah, I guess is like. <laughs> yeah, no, I I tripped. Yes, exactly, exactly. So we we'll
0: start off with. um well, will I well, we'll get national teams out of the way?
1: Uh-huh, yeah, because, uh, because that be, be the one I'm Florida least Scotland. excited to
0: talk about. This is the one I'm least excited. <laughs> um, I'm going to start off by debilitating myself before you bring it up. But <laughs> Scotland haven't been in a major final, apart from the Women's World Warcraft Cup 2019. No men's major to- uh, finals in my lifetime. Not since yeah. 1996, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, so last few um, editions of the World Cup and the European Cup, um, the Netherlands weren't there, but um, as we've discussed before, that was the first time in my lifetime that I can actually remember vividly that we weren't at a major tournament. So, yeah, let's just say that the Netherlands have won the national team stage.
0: Well, you know, I don't know what, I'd rather not make it than bottom three finals, but you know, we'll we'll move on. Uh... At least we've
1: reached the finals.
0: Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, Well, we can agree that the Dutch national team are more successful and bigger than the Scottish national team. It's clubs where I think I have a fighting chance here. When we talk about clubs, the two big ones in Scotland are obviously Celtic and Rangers. Beyond that... There has been big names in history, which is my my key
1: point here. Aberdeen, Dundee United, Hibs, and Queen's Park. Yeah, we've mentioned um, Queen's Park before in one of our club highlight sections. And um, honestly, I'd heard of them before. Uh, I didn't know about their past specifically. Uh, And it goes without saying that football in Scotland (laughs) has been around for a lot longer than here in the Netherlands.
0: And if you if you'd like me to explain how why Scotland's bigger, is that there's a direct link between Queen's
1: Park Football Club
0: and the Netherlands losing the 2010 World Cup Final.
1: <laughs> Fire away. Now I'm curious.
0: So, my friends will be fuming if they hear this, because I've explained this many a time at the pub. Uh, way back in the 1800s, when Scotland and England put the first international game, I believe, explained what happened in the club highlight that we'd done it. It was um supposedly meant to be a big whitewash to England. England were bigger than of football. At the time was very rugby esque with the feet. It was like basically a, a, an arrow formation in a way. They they played like one defender, two midfielders and then like seven up top. It was ridiculous. But um and it it was like England had more clubs to choose players from, more successful clubs to choose players from. Scotland only had Queen's Park, so it was basically Queen's Park versus the whole of England. And um, on the day of the game, they ended up joining nil 0 A major factor to this was that Scotland went, or most most Queen's Park went, right, we're going to get polled here if we play the way that they play. What can we do? So they radicalised the formation and brought someone back to play a 2-2-6 rather than a 1-2-7, which is still very top-heavy. But then their tactic throughout the game was to pass the ball around and keep the ball away from the England players, and it worked. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Queen's Park went on and had basically kept this style of football, in-club football, a very successful run of beating clubs. Um, all over England, actually reached the FA Cup final, only non English club to do that. Um, They bet everyone, they were probably at one point the best team in the world. They were, you know, being there wasn't many, but still, (laughs) at one point. um, And quite a lot of players then went off and influenced other clubs. So one who done that was a man named uh, Robert McCall, who ended up going to Newcastle and um, basically, well, he ended up actually going on, him and his brother founded a very famous retailer new, new here called R.S. McCall, but yeah. uh, he took these ideals of passing the ball around, you know, basically a very simplistic kind of passing the ball around sy- system to Newcastle, where he influenced a bunch of people doing that, and essentially one of the people then went on and influenced a man named Vic Buckingham,
1: we heard of Vic Buckingham? No, but he has a fantastic name. He does have a fantastic name. Vic Buckingham ended up being the first coach
0: or one of the major coaches in the career of a certain Johan Cruyff.
1: Yeah, I can see where this is going. Continue. So he
0: was one of the first major coaches, and he's mentioned multiple times in Cruyff's own autobiography. They were talking about how much influence he had on him. And uh, Obviously, at the time, he you know, he was part of the whole setup of Ajax, which eventually kind of led to Renes Michels' incredible total football system, mm-hmm. which would have been influenced by his predecessor, Dick Buckingham. Wow. So, Renes Michels... I don't like him anymore now. Fair enough. You like his name, though. <laughs> Michels created the the total football system that's played by the dutch now this might not be entirely accurate to the dot this is me playing off a of memory from books i've written there may be mitigations etc and the link Newcastle, think buckingham etc but i've read books there is there is a link there is a link there mm-hmm. i might just not be explaining it to the full extent but eh uh, renis total football then not the dutch one you know didn't win a world cup One Euros. Made a few finals, etc. You know the history of the national team with Renfrew Kells in charge. Uh, then Cruyff, with his ideals, which were heavily influenced by Vic Buckingham, took over Barcelona, done the, the Cruyff dream team, created the, the changes in the Lemus area that I've explained in the past, you know, like changing the height of play, that the person will accept, etc. Which then led, and including influencing a certain pet Guardiola, which mm. then led to the infamous clash from the Le or like, Messi, so on and so forth. Um, which led to Pep Guardiola's Barcelona team, who destroyed, who were incredible and destroyed Europe. <laughs> yeah. Which was then their style of play, the Ticataca style of play, which was played by Barcelona. was then played by the Spanish national team under Vicente Del Bosque. Who mm-hmm. won... Two thousand and eight euros, two thousand twelve euros, and more importantly, the twenty ten World Cup,
1: uh, it's defeating a...
0: the Dutch in the final. So essentially, what I'm saying is Queens Park in the twenty ten World Cup.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. No. It, you have to admit it's it's far fetched. It's extremely far fetched. <laughs> but it's very interesting. I I honestly. But if I need
0: if I want any any sort of um, chance of being on you know, a national team level here.
1: <laughs> this is it. <laughs> shall we? Shall we? Shall we call it a draw then? No,
0: no, no. You wouldn't have to that. I was <laughs> far fetched. You've actually gone physical the yeah, time. I didn't,
1: I didn't really have to do any arguing, but um, no, it's it's, it's a very, it's very an interesting play. one. Yeah, it's for
0: sure. There is, there is a link between a, a very far fetched and obviously there's multiple influences beyond Queens Park, but there's a far fetched link between Queens Park. football late 1800s and the 2010 Spanish team won the World Cup <laughs> wow which is essentially what I tried to explain again if by I had, chance I had football such football
1: I don't know I had huh? such sympathy for Queen's Park
0: yeah yeah you won't anymore you won't like them but um, <laughs> if there is any by chance any football historians that, we, that, that hear this and go oh you made you got that wrong please feel free to message us and let us know I would like to learn but it's far from what the book I've read, um, I've, I've gathered this from two books in particular, one being Inverting the Pyramid, uh, by Jonathan Wilson, the other one being The Barcelona Legacy, like also by Jonathan Wilson, so basically Jonathan Wilson is uh, given me enough propaganda to believe that Queen's Park won the World Cup 2010. Alright, yeah. So I've got that out of the way, On my argument. <laughs> we'll move on to proper clubs, the the, the, the actual yeah,
1: the you, Dutch big clubs. you mentioned the, the big two uh mainly yeah. in scotland um in netherlands we've had a traditional big three yeah. um being um ajax Feyenoord, and psv um that's in alphabetical order not in order by preference so sure? don't go don't get things mixed up here <laughs> but uh no it's um th- these three teams have overall uh dominated dutch football but it's it's more more than just these teams, because the um, the Eredivisie has been won by a way bigger variety of um, of teams. Um, most recently, FC Twente um, with Steve McLaren. If you if you can recall that, yeah, and AZ um, who have won it. But the first ever um, Eredivisie title was won by Concordia. A team from Rotterdam who, honestly, um, I don't know if they still exist. Uh, and then, like, the first ever title that was won by either Ajax, ps or Feyenoord was 1918. With the first league title for Ajax. And they had been founded 18 years before. Um, Feyenoord had their first league title in 1924. And they were founded in 1907. And then PSV had their first league title in 1928, uh, 1929, and they were founded founded in 1913. So uh, the dominance of these teams um, was a gradual one. But then, if you look past, um, let's say, well, 1960, it's pretty much only Feyenoord, Ajax, and PSV, with the occasional um, other team coming along. Very rarely, though. So we can we can speak of a big Top three. Uh, if you look at the international um, and the European prices that the team that the teams have won, there's been a total of six Champions Leagues of um, European cups coming to the Netherlands, with Ajax winning the most of them, four in total. Um, Psv won and Feyenoord also won. Um, yeah, this is for example more than France who have only won one European Cup.
0: Well, yeah, that's a pretty convincing argument. Um, on our club side, Celtic and Rangers are my far most dominant. Rangers currently are... I Well, they were the most successful domestic club in the world. However, I'm pretty certain the South American team has overtaken them.
1: Wasn't there also a team in in Egypt that was like... Uh, yeah. Al Al-Ali? Al yeah,
0: there's a few teams that have now overtaken them the recent kind of slump, aka yeah. administration. But um, in Europe, anyway, Rangers are the most successful domestic team hosting a, a, a pretty incredible, 54 titles. Celtic are catching them now, though, I think, Celtic are 50. Are coming 50. They're coming close, aren't they? Yeah, they're currently on 9 a row 10 this year, which is a big, big deal up here. Rangers are going to try and pull out all the stops to try and stop them, but that's a discussion for another day. Right now, we're discussing why, Unif- together, they're bigger than <laughs> the Dutch. The only—I yeah, know you'll hate to say this—the only team that I'm going to find it hard to beat in this argument here is Ajax. Four European titles is pretty challenging to beat. Uh-huh. Celtic do have one and a final or two as well on top of that. Uh, the one one came in 1967, and it was actually a pretty good one. They are uh, known as the Lisbon Lions as they won it in guess where it was. and um, they had a few very big, well-known players. Uh, you may have heard of Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I've heard the name. the The interesting team, but the interesting fact about the um, the Celtic team that won it that year was every player and the, the Lisbon Lions were born within a one mile radius of Glasgow wow so it really was a Glasgow team that won and then the following year they made the final um, so they were incredible at that point Celtic have had some triumphs 2003 they made the final of the UEFA Cup they lost to Porto who we went on to win the Champions League the following year um, Jose Mourinho was still a hated man by Celtic fans for the way they played but anyway <laughs> Um and generally and as I say in terms of Europe it's hard to play Ajax, when it comes to Feynard and PSV I reckon there's a case there. Rangers haven't won a European Cup. They have, well they haven't won like a Champions League equivalent European Cup. They they've
1: won... Have, they have, they won the UEFA Cup. They have. Ah right. They have. As have Aberdeen twice. Twice. Who are technically the most
0: successful European uh, club, so club, and European.
1: Football. I mean, I also know that PSV have won a UEFA Cup. Feyenoord have won a UEFA. Cup. I think they have won two actually, and Feyenoord have won two.
0: Yeah. Um. The thing that. So in terms of Europe, Scotland the Prague Cup. Let's talk about characters.
1: Mhm.
0: So I mentioned them, the Aberdeen. Aberdeen won two European Cups. they no, two trophies in Europe. Uh, both under one man, who also happens to be, in my opinion, the best manager of all time. Sir, Sir Alex. Alex. He's, uh-huh. he's pretty indisputable. Scottish. He's, would you agree? He's the best manager. I
1: mean, he's one of the the most renowned and the most um decorated so i mean there's an argument definitely to be made for for him to be the best manager maybe ever if you see what he's won in his time
0: yeah. and some of the squads he won stuff
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so that's a pretty big case for scotland we, we produced alex ferguson mm-hmm. but uh, then
1: again um your man Johan cruyff
0: yeah I was really hoping that your resentment towards him would, would hope that you wouldn't bring him up.
1: Honestly, as a person, yeah. But I I cannot deny him as a footballer and as a coach being an absolute great. Uh, Yeah,
0: he is maybe the most influential person in football history.
1: Yeah, and some of the most interesting characters maybe um, in recent times. Louis van Gaal. Yeah. But he's also one... Um, a hell of a lot of trophies.
0: We have David Moyes.
1: Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, oh, I forgot about him.
0: David, David Moyes, we have Alex Newell, Preston. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Jesus. We've had some big in the past. We have had some big names in the past. I mean, recently, Scottish footballs
1: had a big slum. Yeah, I you I heard of Renus uh, Michels.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been a difficult few years for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. But,
0: fun fact, in the uh, the Dutch team of the... Uh, the of Johan uh, Cruyff's Ajax, when he was a manager mm-hmm. in the 90s, 80s, 90s, uh, actually tried to, tried to sign one Scottish player and actually signed another Scottish player. Oh, did he? Tried to sign a man named David Cooper. Rangers, all right, who Rude hillett put in his all time 11 players he's played against. Oh, really? So, there you go. Uh, <laughs> the player they actually signed to was Ali Dick, who, yeah, interesting name. Who, uh, <laughs> anyway, he was very good, Ben. He just kind of sent him back a bit, and he didn't actually end up playing with his He did play for Ajax,
1: um. But he got injured
0: wildly, and then after he got injured, he was the same player and Cruyff, being Croft was like, Oop. "Ah,
1: that's uh, a shame."
0: That and the foreign rule. But David Cooper was a player that uh, Cruyff was a huge fan of and really wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Beyond yeah, that, in terms of uh, Scottish football, we've had greats like Graeme Souness.
1: Yeah. Have you heard of him? Yeah, I've I have.
0: A legend. We've had many. We've had. Uh,
1: Alan McCoy, So we've had Kenny Dalglish. Some some good names.
0: We've got, we've got some big names. Um, of course
1: we don't need to mention Dutch names. I mean uh, I can I can mention a few. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, I mean, have you heard of uh, Ruud Gullit? No. Uh, Marco van Basten. No. He was... nah. Dennis Bergkamp. Who? Dennis Bergkamp.
0: Dennis Bergkamp.
1: Yeah. Have... You should you should look up some videos. He's uh oh, I, might do, I might do. Is he anything compared Yeah, it was quite alright.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Not too bad, I'd say. Not too bad. Good. But no, like uh, no jokes. Um Yeah. There there's been like countless names. Um yeah, a lot of good players. Yeah, so... we've also produced a lot of not so good players, but uh, so we haven't. Thought. She asked
0: me, are different never
1: just Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Is it that? Oh, that's the one, one to I would like all. that.
0: <laughs> of course, right now um we have Andrew Robertson. Yeah. We have Kieran Tierney.
1: We have Scott McTominay. Interesting um talent as well
0: we do have a, a scotland's issue as always whenever we produce talent we produce them all in the same place we've got two of the best left backs in the
1: world yeah
0: why 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 can't one of you say a center? yeah
1: right now like for the dutch national team some of the most um well-known names might be uh, memphis Depay, yeah. um virgil van dijk uh yeah. Matthijs de licht yeah frankie de jong Um, you could name Wijnaldum there but then there's not really an out-and-out striker Um, we thought we had one with Vincent Janssen when he went to Spurs but then that completely backfired and now he's playing in Mexico and there's not really um, like a a world-class goalkeeper of which we have had a lot in the past as well with Edwin van der Sar um, being like one of the most recent examples
0: I mean, who's your goal? Is Selesen?
1: Usually Selesen um, but he's I mean he gets a lot of criticism and now he went from Barcelona where he wasn't playing to Valencia where he started off playing but then didn't. Well, Valencia rubbish. yeah no, I think he's a he's quite a poor goalkeeper like as yeah. a first goalkeeper but then Jeroen Soot, like who was the PSV goalkeeper like Oh, well, he's a
0: new striker now isn't he
1: yeah, but he went to FC Utrecht on loan. He's back at PSV now, but he's not like the out now number one for PSV anymore. So um, we don't know what's going to happen. There's a new coach um, at PSV currently, but no one really knows what's going to happen yet. He might regain the form that he had a few years ago, but he might also not regain that form. And then, you know, the goalkeeping position is quite contested. There is an argument to be made for um, Tim Krull to make a reappearance in the national team. If he were to get a move within the Premier League, that is.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But also, Tim krull is not a world-class goalkeeper. He's alright.
0: Yes, right.
1: Yeah, he's alright, but he's he's not world-class by any means.
0: I agree with that. He probably not In terms of um, a few quick-fire facts for you, um, so. Since the Champions League,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was official version of the Champions League, not the European. Two Scottish teams are made it to the last six. So, this is obviously not including the European Cup. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, That's
0: more than the Netherlands. Is it, though? It is. When was that? Uh, it was Celtic and Rangers, are both the last sixteen in the Champions League. Only Ajax have from.
1: No, PSV have as well.
0: The last 16?
1: Yeah, in the, in the era of the Champions League. In the era of the Champions League. Yeah, PSV made the, the semis a few years in a row, like in the, the early 2000s. Well,
0: the fact that I played Red is at the Rocha, that was yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember this, this era because we had um Philippe Cocu, Marc van Bommel, um, Yisum Park, uh, oh, a- Alex, and Gomez. And there was the semi-final against AC Milan. And um, if PSV won, we've made it to the final. And then uh, I think we were knocked out by one goal in the end.
0: Maybe it's uh, equal maybe one
1: In that case, it should be because I'm not sure about Feyenoord. I mean, Ajax, we can be sure because of um, last, last uh, year's Champions League when they dramatically got knocked out very, very late no. on by Lucas Moura. And Tottenham Hotspur?
0: I'm wrong, that's since 2007-08, which was when, you are like,
1: right, so... It's probably just a year after, then, yeah?
0: Yeah, my, my fact is wrong. It wasn't from the Champions wrong. it's from 07-08, which is when money really became a huge deciding factor, which is when, obviously, the big TV deals became a factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. England raced ahead, which is, because a year before that was the first time that... um. Was the last time that a Scottish club beat an English club, which was uh, Was in, it? Uh,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Oh wow. Well. What well, in, in, in Europe? Yeah, yeah. Celtic beat Man U with the, um, the infamous Mish- Suki Nakamura. Since then, um, there has been more Scottish clubs in the last. That's including Rangers going bust in 2012. Uh, making it to the uh, last sixteen than any Dutch club. All right. Beyond that, um, we've also had the same amount teams in European finals this side,
1: uh, millennium, as as the Netherlands. So, like in recent history, it's this pretty much easy. equal.
0: I would, yeah, since the turn of the millennium, I would say between Scotland and the Netherlands, it's been pretty much equal. Obviously, Ajax had a few decent ones, including last year.
1: Yeah. But,
0: generally speaking, I think Scotland and England I should probably see these facts off the on Twitter by a guy called uh, Evan McFarlane, just to source where the credit of the thread came from. But, um, yeah, it's, since the turn of the millennium anyway. If you go into the 20th century,
1: with
0: my yeah. actual successes, pretty undisputed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Where, would you, where would you pitch in terms of fans?
1: Fans, I mean, um, for me personally, um, Celtic and I guess Rangers to a certain extent, um, I think are one of the most supported teams in the world. Yeah, and I think there's no denying that the um, the Celtic fans are are super passionate and uh, travel everywhere. The same thing cannot exactly be said for for fans here in the Netherlands. Um, for Ajax, for example, they sell out their fifty three thousand stadium every week, but I don't I don't feel like it's the same. I've experienced the atmosphere at Celtic Park and at the Amsterdam Arena. Uh, not to say that the atmosphere in Amsterdam Arena is particularly bad but it's Celtic Park is just electric and it's just different and I think on a European night uh, Ibrox can be the same and the next like team that compares to that in my opinion um, is Feyenoord who yeah. I think have a lot of similarities with Celtic and Rangers in in the, the atmosphere part because the Feyenoord supporters can be very passionate and a packed-out crowd uh, in the Coupe which is their stadium on a European night can be an intense atmosphere. And I'm trying not to be too biased because I've seen many games, the Philips Stadion. um, I've seen PSV play in the Champions League and the Europa League. And the Europa League has not really provided for intense atmospheres, but the Champions League just ignites something different in the people that you don't really see um, during regular games. And the atmosphere can be intense. in the Philips Stadium, but it's a rarity. Like usually, the the atmosphere at the Philips Stadium is all right, but nothing amazing, nothing intense. I
0: mean, yeah, I think that's a very fair evaluation. I think um, Dutch fans are obviously very good. Um, however, I do think that I think being offensive, like a lot of the perceived Dutch fans being incredible, is because of the past violence.
1: yeah also like to tie into dutch fans being incredible i mean like um club fans you know the 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 people that visit the national team games in my opinion are absolute clowns walking around in a lion suit and painting their face orange and you know it's it's kind of like a dress-up party and it's totally not my thing at all it's uh you might have seen it that's i don't like it
0: yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough um but yeah, Celtic, I think, Celtic have everywhere you go, there's a, I mean, I'm not a Celtic fan. everywhere you go, there's a Celtic bar, near enough everywhere. There's also a Rangers bar near, or a uh, uh, general, like, see me. Mm-hmm. But like um, you know, when you go to Tenerife, there's Celtic and Rangers bars, you don't find an on Tenerife.
1: No. No, like the, the, the scope of um of the Scottish teams worldwide is much bigger. Uh, there's also an argument that can be made for the diaspora of um you know, uh, people from that place like migrating all over the world. Uh, whereas Dutch people have mainly stayed more um, centered in the Netherlands, um, with like less colonialism going on. Unless like the this is a whole history thing, but the Dutch colonial policy has never been to um, conquer and to settle. It it's always been with an eye to make money and to trade and to um, obtain posts and um, obtain wealth. So there have been a few cases where they tried colonialism, like New York, formerly also known as New Amsterdam. Yeah. but You know, there's a different argument that can be made for that. But it goes without saying that... uh, yeah, the 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 clubs the Scottish clubs have a, a wider following um around the globe.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I think I mean I would love to say that Celtics fans I'm sounding very much like Celtic fans. Same with well, I would say actually Celtic fans when they're at their best are better mm-hmm. than Rangers. However, I would say that round the year, Rangers are better attended. Obviously, now, it's getting a lot more kind of Celtic are selling out every week because they're getting in the 10. Yeah. But you see during the period where Rangers were the tier. Yeah. Celtic were closing stands because they weren't getting enough. I remember I, I, my team, Morton, in the cup, and it was awful. We had about the same amount of fans as they had. Yeah, they were, that's crazy. They were the Celtic fans are incredible at their best, but they can be very pernickety at times, whereas Rangers, even on the bottom tier, are selling out.
1: Yeah, I think the interesting comparison there can be made. Um, I've seen PSV play in a half-empty stadium when they played um, some team in the Europa League from Montenegro, for example, or uh, a team a few leagues below. Uh, In the case of Feyenoord, all of these games would be sold out. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think I I don't think I'd be offending anyone in the Netherlands by saying that Feyenoord have the best fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I say,
0: flow in the Champions League
1: You've you've seen it.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. But yeah. Throughout the year, are they better supported than. No, this isn't. We're, we're, we've drifted. On. Yeah. <laughs> Scottish fans, I think, win that at this this end of the debate.
1: Yeah, I'd agree
0: with that. They're very passionate. I mean, even when you go down to the lower league clubs, like, you know, I don't know obviously, I mean, you've not been to a modern game yet.
1: Well, I, but, I mean, I've been to one, but it was like uh, in the, the yeah, Bedford the Cup, yeah, yeah, which is like a, like a so, well-organised friendly. Basically,
0: basically. You know, at Morton, we don't have a huge fan base. So we don't sell our stadium and stuff like that, but there's a core of a couple of thousand They go week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Scottish football fans are, at sh- you know, team stupidly loyal.
1: <laughs> we all hate each other. Well, the same can the be Na- said for the national
0: team, right? For the national team, yeah. Again, there are the very the, the tartan army is a couple are very like Marmite, right? they there are love hate, and a lot of people who don't like the tartan army. They find them cheesy, much like you find with your Dutch national team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not quite as extreme, they just, wear, they just wear kilts to games, whereas you guys dress up as tigers. But, um,
1: lions, lions. Lions,
0: lions, sorry, lions. <laughs> um, so, we're not quite, not quite as extreme. I personally like Scotland games. The last few years have been pretty dire for Scotland. Uh, Scottish fans have been getting a bit sick of the Scotland not showing up
1: mm-hmm.
0: and performing. However, we played uh, England Drew 2-2 two two with England uh, a few years back.
1: And that oh, I've just... seen that. Yeah, I've seen that game with the the league Griffith three yeah. kicks. Yeah, that was peak Scottish fans. It was full to
0: the brink and it yeah. went absolutely mental when we went ahead.
1: I mean, it depends so... on the occasion, of course, because it was a game against England. And I mean, like same here, if we have a game against Germany, you know, it's yeah. it's different because um, yeah. our better rivals the germans and your bitter rivals the english uh, it's yeah. it always brings for a different atmosphere same thing in a rivalry game <laughs> but you know uh, if we conclude uh, the supporter segment i'd be happy to admit that the scottish supporters are better than the dutch okay.
0: um however overall yeah i'm happy to meet, admit that the dutch football- Culture and scene is bigger than the Scottish culture and scene. And I'm surprised you haven't brought it up yet, Matthijs.
1: What? The article. Ah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. And I mean, I've been using it as a, as a backlog because I read it before oh, as well. No, um, for football's finest, um, Rory has wrote an article on why uh, the Dutch league should be considered um, part of the, the top leagues in Europe, um, yeah. especially like make it a top six. Um, whereas uh, a few points that he made, uh, like the the Champions Leagues and the some of the Dutch players that have been produced, and also a fact that I just looked up is that um, in total the Netherlands have won seven Ballon Dors. Yeah. So uh, that's also like an undeniably interesting fact.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I probably should have timed the suggestion to record this podcast better. Uh, not a few weeks after that was published, but <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, the diets I had no, I really with uh, like even at that. The best argument that I could put for players that uh, you know, like in, in the article mentioned, that uh, the Dutch league is good for bringing in players from abroad. Mm-hmm. We can't even argue from that front because one of the best, probably the biggest player we can bring in is Henrik Larsson, who was at Feyenoord, was at
1: Celtic, Virgil Van Dijk. Again, well, yeah,
0: actually, I'll
1: give myself a I kind of made them kind of yeah, weird. I mean, I remember that when he um, he was here, he was playing for FC Groningen, and every, like um, Dutch media were like, oh, he, he could be something good. Um, maybe go to Ajax, PSV or Feyenoord, develop from there and see where it goes. And then he went to Celtic, and people here were like, huh, that's a very interesting move. We don't know why he did that, but look how it turned out for him. The Celtic have been quite good at that over there, so. So but last. this was like an era where they—I remember—they didn't even manage to make the Champions League uh, in a game against Maribor from Slovenia. You know, yeah. it was not the the best era for for Celtic. Um, but he—I yeah. mean—he made it work for him, and yeah, I I know he's still um, like quite loved by the Celtic fans. He has
0: he done very really well for Celtic. Yeah, um, he was part of that from the squad that beat Barcelona. But uh, he, yeah. I think like Celtic and Rangers are both kind of almost—they're not rated very highly, or they should be developing players, maybe yeah. not necessarily from their own academy. But bringing up like Pedro Van Dyke is a good one to mention. Uh, currently, the player that's probably most likely to go is Christopher Fire. He's been linked to AC Milan. Yeah, uh, but there's been many. You know, most of them for are... To Lyon now, yeah. right? Yeah, is it is it Leon? There's there's many ca- cases of players who can Celtic and Rangers get to, So went to Rangers. Lautrup went to Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know where Lautrup you... was before though? Nah, yeah,
1: uh-huh. it's,
0: it's, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Celtic and Rangers basically have had a lot of players from abroad.
1: Yeah, uh, no, for sure, for sure.
0: You cannot compare it to the Dutchers, you know. Brazilian Ronaldo, Romario, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Those
1: yeah, yeah. Please, like we've it. had a have had a plethora of Brazilian stars over the years. Yeah, like my all time um, my old time favorite footballer um, is Horelio oh. Gomez. oh jeez. So, awful goalkeeper. I had to mention him twice. I think this episode, so you know. <laughs> twice, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, um, I think we've both agree Dutch win this one. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, it's a close one, but uh I'll give it to the Scottish for trying. And uh, thank you, and thank you for inventing football.
0: Oh yeah, anytime, anytime. Yeah, so, uh, I mean this was actually <laughs> so you know, good, good luck with your uh, you know winning Euros and Champions League without us. All right, <laughs> um yeah. but
1: yeah, you could have saved us a lot of heartbreak. You know, all good the World Cups. Canada.
0: Yeah, there's two things that you can have a for my very, very loose and probably quite um, crazy theory, uh, <laughs> like the, the World Cup to Queen's Park and, uh, and also Scotland's inventing football, yeah. that you can, well we didn't really, we invented the form of football play today, but you can hate us for it, so there you go. <laughs> anyway, thank you anyone who has listened through that.
1: <laughs> I hope it was like somewhat uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit um, of a
1: different a different type of, of podcast because we're like recording a few in advance. Um yeah. we're trying to get back to regular schedules, um especially when the football's back early September. We want to make it more consistent. Um Yeah, yeah. we're
0: thinking of having two shows, well or two regular casts. Uh where we'll do one where we'll just do what we've been doing, the news type thing. And one where we hone in on what's happening in the Netherlands and what's happening in Scotland being that's where, obviously, we're from, Uh Um, and also occasional guest ones like last week's with Matthew Barrett. Um, But, yeah, uh, apologies if this hasn't been quite as formal as past ones. As we say, we're getting some done in advance, and this was just a fun idea we thought we'd have. Uh, But we hope you enjoyed, and we hope you tune in for next week's. And, uh, yeah, thank you.